this game's underway. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my Set God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Happy Friday. Welcome in. It's Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. It is Friday, October 20th. Brendan Glasheen, your host, joined by Tanner McGrath. And Anthony DeBundo is with us today. Payoff Pitch is five days a week. We are here every weekday, so back on Monday. That is a reminder to be locked into the Action app as well as actionnetwork.com, however you find us, uh, for written content, uh, short video content as well that you can find on our YouTube page. Subscribe uh, to our YouTube page. We will have content through the weekend, but the podcast will be back on Monday. I won't even try to give you the popsicle headache as far as what the schedule is for Monday, but uh, we got two games today. We've got two just like yesterday, but we're flipping the, the times. We've got Astros and Rangers. They start just after 5 Eastern. Verlander, Montgomery, your pitching matchup. And that series is now tied 2-2. Astros win two games in Arlington after losing two games at their home ballpark. And the Phillies up 2-1 on the Diamondbacks. They are in Arizona. D-backs got a win uh, in the bottom of the ninth last night, yesterday afternoon in Arizona. Okay, let's dive in. We've got a lot to get to here in a short amount of time. Oh, let me get some other housekeeping uh, taken care of. If you haven't done so already, we've been reminding you to please if you are so inclined to leave us a five-star rating and a review, if you want to be in the running for a one-year free subscription to Action Pro, uh, leave us a review right now. If you've already done so, uh, you can have your wife, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a sister, a brother, a landlord, whoever has a phone that wants to hop in wherever you drop those reviews and five-star ratings. We appreciate it. We'll give out a winner on Monday. So this is the last day you can do that for this week. Uh, and then we'll do it the following week and so on and so forth as long as the playoffs are going on. Also, DeBundo has been active. So is Tanner in the Action Network Discord. Completely free to join. Download the Discord app and you can find our Action Network contributors in our baseball channel during these postseason games. Jump in, chat with the experts and other listeners. It's a great way to sweat out some bets together. And uh, there's a link to the Discord server in the description of this episode. Very easy to find. So there you go. Let's dive in. Houston and Texas, game five. We've got Montgomery, Verlander, the matchup. Totals at nine. The total has soared over in the last two games. Texas is slightly favored, Tanner. What direction do you want to go in? The Houston Astros have made this a series. Yeah, I mean, as we expected the series was going to be a bloodbath six or seven games and it's been amazing so far and um unfortunately i'll leave it to debundo i got nothing on this game uh far too hard to project for me i first i'm trying to figure out if justin verlander will have his like command back for this game on longer layoffs his breaking ball command kind of slides i think that's why he tossed you know three walks against minnesota on six days of rest two against texas on seven but on normal rest, uh, you'd think he'd refine his command, get back to doing what he does best, which is spamming fastball slider. His batted ball profile and his two playoff starts looks pretty good. Um, his stuff looked decent, as it did for most of the year. You know, 106, 107 stuff plus numbers. 
Jordan Montgomery has been red hot. Uh, 30% hard hit rate, 280 expected batting average. He's walked only two batters, struck out 13. This is in two playoffs, three playoff starts. Um, it's But it's hard to find anything about Montgomery that I love. He kind of just gets the job done. And I think having that elite Rangers defense behind him is a big plus for a pitch to contact, you know, sinker change guy. These are two lineups that crush left-handed pitching. You'd think that the two bullpens would be stretched. I mean, this is what the third day in a row that they've played. But a lot of the top relievers were saved yesterday in the blowout. I know that, you know, with the roof closed, some people are going to be playing the under. And I don't yep. mind trusting that Montgomery and Verlander have their good stuff and the better relievers come into play. But the total's coming down a bit too much for me. Um, and these Houston-Texas games, they just keep going over. Three straight in this series, only one game one went under. And um, like I said in the preview for this series, uh, we should expect a lot of runs. We have that makes it 17 games between Houston and Texas this year, 11 and six to the over. It's just crazy wow. runs. I don't know what side to pick. I know that uh, Sean Zarillo would back Houston at like plus 110. I don't mind getting a good underdog price with Verlander. That would be enticing. But for right now, I am passing on the entire game. Yeah, DeBundo totals at nine, juice to minus 120 at Bet MGM. First five total at four and a half runs. What angles uh, might you have on this series? And, and to Tanner's point, you know, that first game, 2 nothing finish uh, with Verlander and Montgomery on the mound in, in those games. Um, so now that we've got a, a, we've got a series here, uh, how do you feel about this particular game? And are we due for uh, an under possibly in this one? Yeah, I like the under here with the roof closed. Uh, I think it's too high at nine uh, because this is essentially, it's not a game seven, but it's going to be managed like one uh, where you're going to see both teams kind of empty the bullpen here. Yep. Abreu Presley did not pitch last night, which I thought was the biggest takeaway from the late innings of that game. Texas never got enough runs on the board to force Presley and Abreu into the game where they'd have to throw back-to-back days, which would potentially you know either limit or make them more ineffective tonight if they needed to throw three and three. Texas did not use any of their top guys. I would expect in any reasonably close game, all of them to pitch. Leclerc, uh, Spores, and and Chapman, the three that they trust at the back end there behind Montgomery. Uh, that does limit how much I think Montgomery can go here. Uh, the, the outs props are back above 15 and a half again, which, you know, I know how good Montgomery's been in these playoffs, but that is high. Uh, yeah, and, Montgomery and- six and a third in game one, Verlander six and two thirds. Right, and, and they both went deep, and they both pitched really well. Uh, there's a few other things to note. You know, Marvin Hudson behind the plate tonight, pretty strong walk boost. He's a, he's a pretty tight zone. So I did take some Justin Verlander over one and a half walks. You can find that at minus 131 at one book. Uh, Verlander's command, you know, Tanner just talked about that. I'm concerned about uh, that in this matchup because Texas has been so patient and so willing to wait him out. He also didn't get a single whiff on his fastball in game one. And Quite frankly, he's lost his fastball, uh, as, the, as the old saying goes. Uh, zero uh, whiffs and just a 17% called strike whiff rate uh, on that first fa- on that fastball in the first game. So they were seeing the pitch well. They were not fooled by it. He did not have his best stuff. I think this is just kind of what Justin Verlander is now. I was not particularly impressed by his start in Minnesota either. He pitched out of a lot of jams. The Twins... Uh, you know, kind of bailed him out a little bit, but he was not great in that start. So we've now seen him twice where he has not had great fastball stuff. And, you know, w- with his approach, it's just not as consistent. So 
uh, you know, Montgomery is kind of at the peak of what he is. And I think, you know, the market is they're at the peak of the market on, on Montgomery. But uh, I really think that with all of the top arms throwing in this game, you know, we've seen a lot of overs in this series. But remember that in games three and four, it wasn't all that competitive, uh, the pitching. You know, Scherzer wasn't great. And then last night, you know, just the medley of bad pitchers that were thrown. Texas essentially has five guys they trust. Four of them will probably pitch eight of the nine innings tonight. So with that being said, I think that, you know, the under is the look here at nine. At eight and a half, I don't bet it, but it has come back up to nine. I know it's a little inversely correlated because I just talked about the tight zone from Hudson, uh, but I I do like the Verlander walks as well. I think he uh, is going to have a lot of traffic on the bases early. But again, if he's out after five innings, I trust the Astros high-end relievers to get out. You know, Stanek only threw one pitch last night, so he should be fine. Neris should be fine. Um, They're going to have their big four guys ready to go tonight for, uh, for, you know, a matchup that I think decides the series. I think whoever wins tonight wins the series because, okay. uh, you know, given Fromber's situation and given the, uh, the, the Rangers situation in game seven, like this is the game that probably swings the series. Even though we'll probably what I would imagine it's Evaldi for Texas in game six in Houston. Yes. And Scherzer, I'm going to say this. We'll, we'll talk about this. if We get to a game seven. Yep. I didn't think Max Scherzer's start was nearly as bad when you look under the hood as maybe the results were. The fastball was was really good, and that, I think, matters more for him. The slider was not great. I think you could attribute that to Rust, but we'll get into that you know, if we get to a Game 7 on Monday night. Okay, very good. So under seems like the consensus here, and a bunch of our action contributors are in on the under. BJ's on the under as well, looking at the app. So there you go. Uh, right now I'm seeing now minus 115 under nine runs for game five. Again, this one's in Arlington. It's a 2-3-2 format. So the game's in Arlington, closed roof uh, is the suspected uh, circumstance. Payoff pitch presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go to Phillies and Diamondbacks. I'll go to DeBundo first. So the Phillies, they finally drop one. The bats go a little silent. Craig Kimbrell. I tr- we tried to talk to you about this at the All-Star break when we watched that All-Star game together. This guy, he's just a freaking headache. Hit Craig Kimbrell. Oh, he just loves making it interesting. Tanner knows this too. When the Red Sox yeah, won true. the World Series five years ago with Kimbrell as their closer. Gosh, what a headache, this guy. Anyway, uh, it finally did him in. D-backs walk it off. Do we suspect the Diamondbacks, or pardon me, the Phillies bats to wake back up for tonight? Yeah, if you grab Philly at you know minus one fifteen, minus one twenty, I agree with that. Uh, now that it's up to minus one thirty five, I think you're paying another premium on the Phils that I don't really agree with anymore. Uh, remember, you were betting the Phillies with Zach Wheeler on the mound at home at minus one fifty five in Game One. Now you're laying minus one thirty five with Chris Sanchez on the mound on the road in Game Four. So I know you know Zach Allen too, but there are some clear taxes on the Phillies to you know the the bounce back and the the inflation on the on the market after this team. Uh, you know, this is the first time we've seen these two teams really go deep into the bullpens today. So we have not seen this from Arizona, who who started Gallon 
Kelly and fought in all of their playoff games. And the Phillies only have played, they played nine playoff games. They've started Wheeler, Suarez and Nola. They've had a sub one starting pitcher ERA in the playoffs. So it's been remarkable, but this is the game where the depth I think plays for the Phillies. And I think that's the biggest difference in the series. The Phillies will use Chris Sanchez as the quote unquote opener starter. Uh, I say that because the expectation is that he will only face 11 hitters. So I'm betting under four and a half hits allowed. There's a minus 150 out there. It has come up overnight. They won't even post outs props at most books because they're concerned about how much or how little he'll pitch. He threw a couple innings in a sim game, uh, two quote unquote innings in a sim game uh, during the layoff between the DS and the CS, but they were not very long. So he has not been stretched out. He has not pitched in these playoffs. So his last full start came back uh, three weeks ago. Now that's a long time for a starter. So I think that the plan is first time through the order. They really like his changeup, And I think that was the reason they switched. They were going to go with Taiwan Walker as the starter in game four. They liked how Ranger Suarez's changeup befuddled the Diamondbacks yesterday. And they said, let's run it back with Chris. Uh, and so I expect nine batters first time through. They'll have probably seven righties in there. Then it'll be Marte and Carroll at the top. And then I expect a righty to come in for Gabriel Moreno, Tommy Pham, Christian Walker in the middle of that order uh, could be Lorenzen. It could be uh, one of their higher leverage guys. And then they're going to go. And I think we'll see Matt Strom for a couple innings. Uh, and then they'll get to the back end where, you know, everybody pitched yesterday, but they, I mean, nobody worked a particularly stressful number of pitches except for Kimbrell uh, and Kimbrel can go back to back. Also it, people are texting me like, Oh, are they going to use Craig Kimbrell again in this series? And I'm like, look, Craig Kimbrell blew the save yesterday. He didn't throw enough strikes. That was a problem. And his inability to hold runners is a real issue. But he also did already close out four different games in this playoffs for the Phillies. Relatively stress-free. There was one stressful inning against Acuna where he came in with runners on base and got out of it with, you know, Rojas making the play in center. But he pitched a scoreless ninth against Miami, a scoreless ninth in game one uh, against the Braves, uh, and a a, uh, scoreless ninth in the first game of this series in the two-run game as well. So, uh, look, they're not going to just give up on Craig Kimbrell because he had one bad outing. Uh, we'll be seeing him again probably tonight. So that will be uh, interesting. The bats, you know, they they were they were rough, but that's the 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 give and take of the approach. Like if you're a team that's going to be aggressive at the plate, you're going to whiff, you're going to chase, and the Phillies they do that. They also do damage. So you know, would you count out the Phillies having another offensive explosion? Given the pitching situation for Arizona, it's it's pretty dicey. Right. Look. It just I wanted I wanted to get inside the the heart and soul of a Phillies fan and get some honesty about how you're feeling when you're watching. I'm feeling Craig good. Kimbrell. He's also I mean, this isn't new, but if you haven't if we're talking to our audience and you're more dialed into these to baseball now because of the postseason, clearly he hates the pitch clock because he can't do his normal thing. You know, I'm trying to envision how he does the arm. It. It's stressful to watch because I'm like, poor Craig. He can't do his whole charade. Um, yeah, but that guy, he makes it really complicated. And most times he gets out of that. He'll load the bases for fun and then get out of it. Um, Tanner, you've got thoughts, uh, extensive thoughts on this game. Totals at nine and a half, as Tabundo said. I mean, I'm seeing Zarillo got, <clears throat> got the Phillies at minus 115 overnight, some minus 120s. And as Debundo said, as high as minus 135 now in the market, totals at nine and a half. A lot of Sanchez love from Action Network. I'm betting Philly's first five money line and Philly's money line. And that is because I've been waiting for 
any usage of Christopher Sanchez these playoffs and for a long time, and we finally get it. I love this guy. I'm super high on this guy, and I have a myriad of reasons that I will rip through right now. Hey, he was a rock-solid middle rotation guy for the Phils down the stretch. 3.4 ERA, 3.7 expected ERA. He's not some fluky pitcher. I mean, he's was super consistent, allowed two or fewer runs in 12 of his 18 starts, more than three only twice. His ground ball rate is elite, part of the reason why he's so consistent, and I love targeting pitchers with a high ground ball rate. Sinker changeup guy who keeps the ball on the ground, keeping the ball on the ground helps you keep the ball in the park, which we know is crucial in these playoff games. His chase rate is elite, 35%, 23% swinging strike rate on the changeup. And a big thing about him this season was he just started throwing the pitch more. I mean, he only threw it 20% of the time last year. It's up to 32% this year. You throw your best pitch more often, it usually works out. He has great stuff, including a 123 stuff plus rating on his slider, which he started throwing much more confidently against righties, and that really changed a lot. Um, He has great command, never walks anybody, 4% walk rate this year. He hasn't really faced anyone in the Diamondbacks lineup before. Um... He needs to be careful using his sinkers against the righty-heavy Arizona lineup. But he spams lefties with the sinker, 72%, and is much more balanced against righties. Like I said, he throws a slider more, and his changeup is dominant against the right side. 70% ground ball rate, 21% swinging strike rate. He puts Arizona in their worst split in this game. Um, league aver- Arizona's league average offense against righties. They're slightly below average against lefties. And, you know, just like Anthony talked about, the way that Ranger Suarez's um, pitch mix like befuddled Arizona in a start where we all thought Ranger would struggle. Suarez is a southpaw sinker baller all the same. I mean, Sanchez can do the same thing, but I think better because the swing and miss stuff is better. I Look, I know the expectation is he only goes 11 batters. I'm still looking at, at the Phillies in the first five because I think he pitches really well here, and I'm still looking at props here. I'm I'm still looking at over two and a half strikeouts. Um Projections are way higher. I know they're not taking into account the short leash, but I think he could get three and 12 batters. I mean, he's pitched less than four innings and four starts this season. He had five strikeouts, five strikeouts, and five strikeouts, and then only two against the Braves. That's the Braves. And some props that are great because of his short leash and because I'm pitching, expecting him to pitch well. Um, DeBundo's on under four and a half hits. I like that. Under two and a half earned runs, minus 160. Like I said, allowed two or fewer runs in 12 of 18 starts, and now he's only expected to face, what, three innings? Uh, under one and a half walks. You know, that's pretty juicy, yeah. minus 200, but you got a 4% walk rate. He walked more than one guy in three of 18 starts this year. Juice prices, but if he gets the projected usage and pitches the way that I expect him to, I think he goes, you know, three shutout innings pretty easily. And I don't know. I, I think maybe we get surprised and we see him pitch a little bit more. I'm just, I'm much higher on this guy than a lot of other people are. Anyways, um, Diamondback side of things, we're getting a bullpen day out of Arizona, starting with Mantifoli, like we said, which scares me a tad, which is actually why I bought a bit of, of under because, you know, just not seeing the order a few times through. But the reason why I'm on the Phillies is because which long relievers on this Arizona staff do you trust? Ryan Nelson, Kyle Nelson, Miguel Castro could get some run. Um, and then on the flip side, like Anthony talked about, the Phillies' depth, this is where it really comes into play against Arizona. You know, they used some important relievers yesterday, but they didn't use Soto, Dominguez. Like Anthony said, we could see Strom. This unit is so deep and so effective. 
I think the Phillies have a good pitching advantage across all nine innings. And ultimately, I just think the Phillies bounce back in the lineup after a dud of a game. Shout out to uh, Mark Jamgo in our Discord server for this. The Phillies are allowed one dud of a game. It came last night. They're going to bounce back here, move within nine innings of a back-to-back penance. Plus, just as a side note. I think he might be a Phillies fan. <laughs> sounds, sounds, like something, sounds like my Twitter feed over the last 24 hours. Everybody's like, certainly ah, not going to punk them. Yeah. Well, I was calling it punking. It's we pretty much impossible. the first two games. It's also pretty much impossible to trust the Diamondbacks now after that just pathetic base running performance yesterday. Oh my God, getting held at third on that double play. Pavin Smith not going from second to third when Trey threw out Gurriel at the plate. Wild mistakes with your season on the line. I don't know. I'm I'm going right back to the Phils, hoping they close this out tonight and then win game uh, game five. Yeah. If there yeah, is one more game- thing, you know, Bryce Bryce Harper faced 17 pitches in game three. One was in the strike zone. That is a clear concerted effort to avoid him. And uh, I expect the Phillies to flip their lineup today. So I expect Bohm to bat third, Harper to hit fourth because the opener with Mantiply. I think Castellanos or Real Muto will pop up into that five spot uh, behind Harper. Uh, Bohm has not been great in this series in this playoffs behind Harper. And so they're going to switch it up and put somebody else behind him uh, just because of how they're opening with the lefty. That does give Bohm a favorable matchup in the first inning immediately. So if you want to look to that, you know, maybe a Bohm prop. Uh, Chris Sanchez, minus 900 to not record a win. I actually think it's a little cheap. Uh, but if you want to get really crazy at one book, uh, probably the, the most juice I'll ever give out on this show. But uh, yeah, Bohm is interesting to me. Harper walk props, still minus 115 out there. So just some you know fun ways to get into this action. I don't have a side or total bet on the game, though. For me, it's just going to be the Sanchez props and uh hopefully the phils can get some distance here get the three one and and, uh you know we're getting there it's got to get that in at the end notice that like the fandom comes out uh look i bet the d-backs yesterday and i I went on our show green dot daily and i was like i think you got to bet arizona today and it hurt man i'm sitting there and i'm I'm watching the game and i'm like well who do i root for (laughs) bryce harper's walk price has come up to plus 115 at BetMGM. Uh, so keep an eye on that. I know Zarillo betted overnight plus 105. Yeah, here's the thing, right? Like even the lefties are pitching around him. Like Sal Frank came in and he threw one pitch in the zone. And and so look, Harper is a chaser. He's very aggressive. He will swing at pitches out of the zone. But I mean, if there's any kind of decent spot, also Harper steel props. We need a base open. That's what we need. Guy on second, just put Harper on. Yeah, that'll happen. And if, uh, and if, if, you know, he gets to first a lot, he could try to take a bag. So, you know, I think that those are the looks on Harper and I'm going to bet some walk props myself. So. Okay. Very good. If there is a game six, that'll be Monday at five o'clock Eastern in Philadelphia. If there's a game seven for Houston and Texas, that one will come your way Monday night. We will preview that. Here at Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Again, as I said, stay locked into the app as well as actionnetwork.com for written content, video content that we will have from our baseball team over the weekend. For DeBundo and Tanner, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Please, again, leave that five star rating if you haven't done so already and a review. 
and uh, get involved. Discord, I'm sure, will be active over the weekend uh, during the game. So please check that out if you are so inclined. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy the games, and we will talk to you again on Monday. Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.